it's quite incredible, really, isn't it, that just how amazing God is. And um, I just love the fact that we, we sing song after song this morning, and there's, it's just totally without question that all of the glory belongs to him, that he's worthy of it all. You know, there, there's kind of no half measures here. This is, this is magnificent. And, um, and so I'm really excited about this morning that we're going to, I'm not going to preach. Um, not going to, uh, we're not going to have a 40 minute sermon like we usually do. Oh, shock horror. Is he really saying that? Yes, I'm really saying that. Um, it's not because we've gone off the idea. Um, but because we want to spend some time lingering at the table this morning. And um, as elders, we found ourselves really stirred over quite a period now about making more of this. And so it's not accidental that we've placed it right in the middle of the church meeting this morning. Not something we've ever done before. But we wanted people's attention to be drawn to the table. And... uh, and we, we met together a few weeks ago as elders, and uh, on the Saturday morning we spent about 40 minutes worshipping together, and we had bread and, and wine to, to, to share communion, and uh, we said, well, let's worship and see where it fits in. And over the course of that 40 minutes, I was getting a little bit jittery because I didn't quite know where to fit it in, um, but there were about six different points where it would have just fitted in. Because we focused on the fact that our identity as a gathered group is that we're in the family of God. That leads us back to the table. We focused on the fact that uh, Paul read us a few verses about the marriage supper of the Lamb. This is a foretaste of that. We focused for a while on the fact that Jesus was our Redeemer. That leads us back to the table. We focused on the fact that we could be thankful for all that he has done for us. That led us back to the table. And it just struck us that there is so much richness in this thing we call communion. And as a church, we want to spend some time exploring that and getting more out of it because we believe it's given to us for our benefit. So this morning, we're going to focus on a couple of aspects. But we'll be keeping on coming back to this as we gather together. And I'd encourage you as you break bread in your life groups and as as you seek God on this, that when you get insights, come and talk to us about about it. Simon, have you thought about this aspect of communion? Because it really is rich. So I felt as I prepared this that that really there's an emphasis at the moment for us about unity. And as we break bread together, it is only possible to do that because of his magnificent grace. That's it. There's no other qualification. The qualification for coming to the table is his grace poured out on you. And so us gathering and doing this together, breaking bread and having wine together, is an expression of who we are in him. The fact that we're saved. The fact that we're chosen, the fact that we're adopted, the fact that we're redeemed, the fact that we're forgiven. This is an expression of all of that. And the only reason we can say those things is because of what he's done. 
And so he extends this invitation for us this morning. He says, come, come to the table and experience something again of what I've done for you. Celebrate what he's done. So, Father, as we, as we do this, as we take some time out now to break bread together, to gather round your communion table, to celebrate the Lord's Supper, whatever name we give it, we acknowledge your unwavering faithfulness towards us, your overwhelming, outrageous grace poured out on our lives. And we want to thank you. We want to start in a place where you are central. And would you, by your spirit, speak to each and every one of us and remind us of who we are in you because of what you have done. Amen. So this expression of unity, I just want to read a few verses from 1 Corinthians 11. And um, uh, it's really interesting the way Paul puts together this letter. I mean, the church is a mess, as we know. Uh, the Corinthian church is a mess, <laughs> as we know. And, uh, um, and he says this to the Corinthian church. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that divisions exist among you, and in part I believe it. For there must also be factions among you, so that those who are approved may be evident among you. So this kind of this uh, personality cult that had got into the church. Therefore, he says, when you meet together, it's not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, each one takes his own supper first. Each one, one is hungry, another gets drunk. And so actually what should have been an expression of the unity of the body of Christ just was a, a, an example of the divisions and factions that there were. And it's, I find it really interesting that he prefaces the famous instructions, which we'll read in a bit, for I received from the Lord what I passed on to you. Do this in remembrance of me. That he prefaces that by saying about it's essential that you maintain unity. And the reason for that is because at the table, all these petty differences fade away. They're just not important at all. At the table, our common bond in Jesus is what's highlighted. The fact that we are family together, that's what this is about. And as Rob spoke about so powerfully last week, our society is currently magnifying differences between people. It's exacerbating the fractures within our society. It's polarizing people into camps with their views. And when we come to the table, all these differences, leave or remain, black or white, young or old, rich or poor, left or right, educated or uneducated, and any other division that there might be, difference that there might be, becomes irrelevant in the face of his magnificent grace. And so what it means is that this morning, we as a people are going to make a countercultural statement. Because we're going to say those differences that the world would have definers by, put us into this camp or that camp, are irrelevant. We're in this camp, the camp of the family at the table of God. And so what we're doing is a defiant fist shake at the enemy who wishes to spread discord among us. 
What we do here at the table is a sign to the fractured community around us that this is of first importance. What we do at the table is a celebration of how we're united in Jesus. A sign of the cleansing power, uniting power of our salvation in Jesus Christ. It's the place where we say that we've got so much more in common than we have indifference. But it's also at the, the place that at the table we're reminded that relationships are important. Relationships must be kept right. And we must decide, each of us, to fight to honour one another. We must decide to be slow to take offence and quick to forgive. That we prefer one another. We promote one another. We think more highly of one another than we do of ourselves. It's at the table that we say, no, the love that he's shown us, that's how I want to love other people. And so I'm going to ask you just to pause now and reflect on that aspect of the table, that unity aspect of it, the the depth of relationship with one another. Just bring yourself before God and offer it to him. Talk to him. If there's something you need to sort out, sort it out with him. I'm going to be quiet so we can do that. Father, we recognize that in this complicated thing called life, we don't always get it right. And in our relationships with one another, we make mistakes and we don't always get it right. And for that, Father, we're sorry. We're sorry when we don't love with the (laughs) unlimited love that you demonstrate. We're sorry when we don't extend grace to those around us. Forgive us, Father. Forgive us, Father. And we say that we want to be a people who reflect you in our relationships, that we would be slow to anger and quick to forgive, that we would have open arms where we welcome one another and love each other as brothers and sisters in you. And Father, we say that we're a people who are prepared to fight for the high calling of the unity of the body of Christ. That relationship is far more important than being right. So help us, Father. And so he invites us in now. He invites us into the table solely because of his grace, but a chance to display this unity And so um, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to do a few things now over the next uh, 15 minutes. Okay, just warning you. So the first thing is I'd like you to get into groups of four. And I'd like you to make sure that no one in the room is left out. Groups of four, okay? I hope there's a multiple of four in here. (laughs) But groups of four, okay? So find people around you. Sit together, you you need to be be sat there, turn, whatever, but groups of four. You may know the people, you may not know the people, doesn't matter, okay? If you really don't want to be part of it, then that's fine, but groups of four, go for it now.
Real. Okay. Thank you all. It's good. Four. Worked. Just about. I'll overlook the odd one here or there. Okay. So, when we break bread together, anyone is welcome to do that on the one proviso that they love Jesus. So if you're visiting us this morning, if Jubilee isn't the church that you call your home, but you love Jesus, you're welcome to join us. And uh, I just want to read a couple of verses to you. So just after that bit where Paul talks about unity, he says this, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he betrayed, took bread, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so this morning, coming together to the table, is a chance to remember Jesus. Now, when we remember people, I don't know about you, but when I remember people, I don't only focus on how they died. I focus on how they lived, the memories of them. When I tell stories in reminiscing with people um, about those who are no longer with us, We talk about events in their life. Do you remember when? We didn't walk. It's so supremely incredible that our attention is drawn there. And he said these words on the night in which he was betrayed, just before he went to the cross. But I want to ask us to do something which might sound slightly awkward as you begin to do it. But I want you to remember Jesus by telling each other stories of what he's like. Do you remember the way he did this? I love the story of when such and such happened. And you can take your examples from the Gospels. Tell each other the old, old stories. It's important. That's how we remember. And I'd encourage you to let these next few minutes to solely be about filling your vision with Jesus. That's it. There's a danger that as we break bread together and we do it and we say a quick thank you, that we then ask about how your week was. Well, that's important, but there's coffee time for that today. Today at the table, let's talk only about Jesus. So the way this is going to work is you're going to send up a couple of representatives from your group. And they're going to grab a chunk of bread, which they will bring back. And you'll break that together. And while you're breaking it, you'll talk about Jesus. Do you remember this is what he was like? And then when everyone's done that for a bit, we'll all eat the bread together. I'll let you know when that's going to happen. 
And at the same time, you'll, when you come to get the bread, you might need a second person to come and get a few of these uh, reusable glasses. Please don't crush them, squash them. There's a box here that you can put them in and we'll take them away and wash them. Okay? Um, but take them back to your table as well. There's hopefully enough for one each. And, um, and I'll give you instructions about that after we've, we've eaten the bread. Great. So, uh, so talk to each other about Jesus. Tell each other what you remember about Jesus, what's striking you at the moment, what the Holy Spirit's prompting you with. I hope you're enjoying talking about Jesus. And uh, he, his body was broken for us, and that's what this bread represents. So I'd like you now just to eat that bread together. If you haven't shared it around yet, do it and, uh, and eat together. And of course, the bread is only half the meal because he gave us the cup as well. The blood of the new covenant. But the new promises of God underlined, poured out that we're welcomed into the family. And so just as you drink the cup together, I'd like you to thank him for all that he has done. This magnificent Jesus, thank him. Thank God for what he's done. So just go into a time of thanksgiving and drinking that juice together. Wow. What a saviour. We're going we're gonna to spend some time worshipping again together. So uh, just as the band are coming up, I'd like to read a, a couple of verses. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's stand. We're amazed, Jesus, at you. We're amazed at the fact you invite us in. We're amazed at the fact that this bread and wine symbolizes so much that we now benefit from. And as we close out this service, this time together, this time gathered around your table, we want to exalt you because you have the name that is above every other name. You're incredible, Jesus. Amen.